so glad to be with you all tonight. Let's take our Bibles and let's stand together out of respect for God's Word. And I'd like us this evening to turn to John chapter 3, please. John chapter 3. So good to have everybody here visiting. Um, Going to be a good night uh, where we, uh, afterwards, we look at uh, OCA night. Uh, we're looking at Mr. and Mrs. OCA, or Mr. and Miss, I mean. They're not married, and uh, I don't think they're required to get married after it either. So, And they may be saying, wow, that's good. John chapter 3, I do hope that you give your attention to the Word of God tonight. I want to begin reading at verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God, see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I am telling you the truth, I am not lying. I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Thank you, and you can be seated. When my children were being born, I was the kind of dad that wanted to be in the room when the kids were being born. And in order for me to do that, I had to take Lamont's class. So we did all of the breathing exercises. We did the... All right, let's do that all together. Ready? Here we go. Ready? Okay. I'm watching you. Make sure you do it. Okay. There, you already have the baby. Now, I took it pretty seriously because I realized that when I was in there, I wanted to help my wife when she was having the babies, and I didn't want her to cause her to hyperventilate. And I wanted to help and not hurt. And I realized that my children's life were on the line. They probably would have done fine without me in there. My wife certainly would have done better without me in there. But I took it very seriously because those were my kids getting born. Now, when I talk about what I just read about in this passage, three times it said, unless you're genuinely born again, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I take this even more seriously because the first thing I talked about had to do with the physical birth and the physical life of a person. But what we're looking at tonight has to do with the eternal soul and eternal life or damnation in hell. So this has eternal consequences, so this is why I take it even more seriously. Now, in this passage, three times Nicodemus went to Jesus. He said, um, we know you're a teacher, 
And he says, Rabbi, we know that you have to be from God because no man can do these miracles that you do. And he recognized that Jesus was someone significant and he went to him because he wanted some answers. And the thing that Jesus told him, and though he was a rabbi and he was a teacher, he was more than a rabbi or teacher. The Bible teaches he's God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So God became man in the form of Jesus. How? He just did. God did the miracle. And Jesus came not to be teaching us how to be good, though he wants us to be good. He didn't come to teach us how to just love our neighbor, though he wants us to love our neighbor. The Bible says that Jesus has come to save us from our sins. So evidently, we've got to be saved from our sins. You've got to be saved from your sins. Now, in this, being saved from your sin, he uses this illustration of being born. And three times he says you've got to be born spiritually if you're ever going to get to heaven and not have to go to hell. He gave this illustration. There's a physical birth and then there's a spiritual birth. The physical birth is the water birth, the flesh birth. But then he says you've got to have a spiritual birth. You've got to be born again. Now, as we talk about this, you've got to be born again if you'll ever get into heaven when you die. And to emphasize it, he said three times, you must, you've got to be. This, this has to happen. And if it doesn't happen, you'll never get into heaven. And if you don't get into heaven, that's a big thing. Because if you don't get into heaven, you get into hell, and you don't want that. So here's God's word. Here's God's mouth himself. You've got to be born again. Take it as something you must do. Because you must. Now, as we look at this thing, I want to tell us some things about it. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is the explanation of being born again. Now, why do we need to be born again? Now, obviously, we need to get to heaven, so we want to be born again for that. But what is it saying, born again? It talks about a spiritual birth. Now, I was born June 5th, 1965. I was literally born. It was a literal, physical birth. And I'm here today to attest to that. I am alive. But later, I was born again. And when I was born again spiritually, my life got changed. I began to think like a different person than how I thought before. I liked things that I didn't like before. And the Bible says what happened is I got a new nature. Now, it says in the Bible that when we're born again, we become God's workmanship. And we're created in righteousness to good works. And when a man gets born again, he becomes a new person on the inside, and then he has eternal life when he dies. Now, sometimes we try to make people live spiritual lives, and they've never really been born again. And they never are effective at living a spiritual life. Why? Because the hardest thing you'll ever try to do is live a spiritual life if you're not spiritually born. Just like it's a literal physical birth that takes place, there's a literal spiritual birth that takes place. And it's a new nature. Now, to describe the new nature, take a pig out of the mud and wash him down and get all of the dirt off the pig and then put a pink bow around its neck. 
and then look at the pig and say, now pig, you're pretty. Pig, you smell pretty. Spray a little perfume on it. And then say to that pig, you're a new pig. You don't like mud anymore. Now, if you let that pig go, where's it going to go? It's going to go back to the mud. Now, why does the pig go to the mud? It's not his fault. It's his nature. Now, when somebody gets born again, he goes to heaven when he dies. If someone does not get born again, he goes to hell when he dies. If you get born again, you go to heaven when you die. If you don't get born again, you go to hell when you die. Jesus said it three times. So that's what it is. But getting born again is literally you become a new person on the inside. A spiritual birth takes place that changes everything about you. And so the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, you're genuinely born again, he is a new creature. Old things pass away, all things become new. Now, if a computer is something that you want to upgrade, and you know how to do that stuff, I don't. I'm over 50, so I can't do it. But if you want to upgrade your computer, you can take the case off the outside, and you can put in a new processor, or you could put in a new hard drive. And then you put the case back on. Now, it looks like the identical same computer, but it's a totally different machine. Do you follow me? Now, when you get born again, it's like God puts a new processor in you. You process life differently. You're different. You think different. It's like you're the pig that gets the new nature, the nature of a kitty cat. Instead of wanting to be dirty, you want to be clean. And when you become born again, instead of wanting to be in sin, you want to be holy and right. Now, the computer case looks the same on the outside, but it's different on the inside. When you get born again, you look the same on the outside, but you're different on the inside. If you're ugly before you get saved, you're ugly after you get saved. That doesn't change. But you become a new person, transformed. And the Bible calls it, in essence, a metamorphosis. A little worm will go up a tree, and it'll make a cocoon. God does a miracle, and it comes out a butterfly. Now look up here. Does that butterfly pretend to have wings, or does it have wings? Okay, come on, guys. Look up here. Does it pretend to have wings or have wings? It has wings. Now, does it paint pretty colors on it or does it have pretty colors? It has pretty colors, okay? Now, God does this change, and so it becomes beautiful. And so when somebody gets born again, it's like God turns us into a butterfly inside. He changes us, that we like the right things, we love people more, and we love holiness more, and we're just not comfortable in sin like we used to be. So it says, if any man is truly born again, he is a new creature. That's what being born again is. It's not tacking on a little religion. It's not going to church, though you should. It is a total transformation of your soul. And so what that means is that we all need to observe something. Have we been transformed? A faith that doesn't change your life isn't saving faith. 
Because it says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And that means that anyone and everyone that gets born again will be different than they were before they were born again. Now, there are many people that pray a prayer, but never are truly born again. You want to make sure you are born again. Because except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven, and we want you in heaven, not in hell. Now, the explanation is you get a total transformation of your soul, you get a new nature, there's a spiritual life that did not exist before. Now, the second thing I want to look at as we move along tonight, but it's a very important thing, is the evidences of being born again. Now, when my children were being born, I have enough in me that's carnal that the first thing I was hoping is that they weren't ugly. But then I was thinking, do they have five fingers or six fingers? And then I was thinking, are they healthy or are they, do they have a def- deformation? And then I got to the important thing, are they alive? Now, we all have those things that go through our minds, but when I was thinking this, the right thing, are they alive? I'm looking for any evidences that there is life. So I'm looking, are their fingers moving? I'm looking, is the nurse going, yay, or oh? And I'm looking for, is there a heartbeat? Is the heart beating? Is the baby breathing or crying? And I'm looking for evidence that it's alive. You know what I mean? Now, as I preach, I look at people, and I'm not God, but I am kind of like a spiritual doctor. This is what I do. And I look at people, and I, like a doctor would say, hey, that person's got life. I look at some people and I say, I wonder if that person's even alive. Why? Because there are no vital signs. Now, there'll be a heartbeat for a baby, vital signs. There'll be brain waves for a baby that's alive, vital signs. And when somebody is truly born again, and unless you are truly born again, you'll never get into heaven. There will be vital signs. Now, the Bible tells us all to do something. And this is why I'm doing it. It says, examine yourselves to see whether you be of the faith. I'll say that again. Examine yourselves. Now, God is telling us, this is so important, you better make sure you've got this thing called new birth. And notice it says this, examine yourself, not examine your wife or your husband, your children or your parents. And I understand, we look at each other, we we do this because we care about them, just like I was caring if my kids were alive physically, I care that they're alive spiritually, and we do that. But right now, let's examine ourselves, okay? Now, what are some of the vital signs? Here is an explanation of that. Now, when somebody is born again, the evidences will be seen in change. Now, the outside is the same. If you're ugly before you get saved, you're ugly after you get saved. Now, we have a body, we have a spirit, and we have a will, a soul, excuse me. So here's what primarily will change. Our soul is going to be changed. The person that we are. Now, we've all got a body, 
That's the outside. But we all have a soul, that's who we are. And when we get saved, the soul is going to be changed. Now, the soul is made up of a mind, of emotions, and of our will. So, our mind will change. We'll think differently. Our emotions will change. We'll like different things. And then our will will change. We'll change the way we live because we want to. Just like the nature of a pig is it likes the mud, the nature of a kitty cat is it likes to be clean. The nature of an unsaved person, somebody who's not born again, is liking some things and not comfortable in other things. But then a person who's born again likes some things and is not comfortable in other things. And the nature shows what it is. Now, the three parts of your soul is what I want you to think about, and I don't want to get too heavy in it, but I think you'll know if you're born again or not, or if you just have a little religion and are still on your way to hell. You will see, first of all, there'll be a change in the way that you think. All right, 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But to us which are saved, it is the power of God to salvation. Now, some people say, I think that God's good, but don't be weird about it. That's a warning sign. When somebody's born again, they never think anything about God is weird. Now, somebody who's born again, they'll think this church is important. Somebody who's not born again will think church is not that important. Now, that's a warning sign. I'm not saying if you go to church, you're going to heaven. If you don't go to church, you're going to hell. But you'll think like a Christian thinks because you are one. And you'll think like somebody who's not a Christian because you aren't one. Even if you put a label of a kitty cat on a dog, it's a kitty cat. And if you call yourself a Christian, but you don't think like a Christian, you aren't one because everyone is a Christian becomes a person who thinks differently. Now, I can remember one time when I was preaching even in this auditorium, it was years ago, young people, and when I was preaching right about up this way, we were singing Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound That Saved a Wretch Like Me. And I saw some of the young people in the Christian school up there going, Amazing Grace, <laughs> how sweet the sound. Like, isn't this the dumbest song? Now hear me. If somebody is born again, they might think that the music is a little old. I understand it's not today's style. They might think though music is a little odd because you're not used to it, but I will say this. Nobody is genuinely born again could ever make fun of a song about the cross of Jesus. And it's a warning sign. Now, if you're a young person in the school, we love you, but if you've made a prayer but you haven't genuinely given Jesus your heart, you're on your way to hell just like anybody else. And a faith that hasn't changed you hasn't saved you. And if every time you have to go to Bible class, you say, why do we have to have religion crammed down our throat? It's a bunch of foolishness. Why is it that if a song is sung about Christ, it's a little different? It's a bunch of foolishness. It's for one reason, and I'm not being mean. 
the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. And it means that you've got a vital sign that you've never been born again. Now, how do you think it's so important that you get born again? It's so important because unless you get born again, you're not going to get to heaven. And I'm saying all this with love. Maybe this will be the only time you hear it, but maybe you'll hear it. A faith that hasn't changed your life isn't going to save your soul. If your soul doesn't get saved because you're genuinely born again, you don't get to heaven. You do go to hell. You've got to be born again. So examine yourself and see if you're going to heaven or hell. And here's it saying, the mind will be different. The soul will be changed. Now, the second thing that will change will be your emotions. 1 John 2, 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, some people say that that's a sign of backsliding. I believe it's a sign of an evidence of salvation. Now, there was a great preacher named Billy Sunday, and years ago, Billy Sunday had a man come up to him after he preached, and he said, every time you preach, it's like you rub the fur backwards on a cat. Now, how many of you have ever rubbed the fur backwards on a cat? I'll bet you did. I think you're lying. Okay. How many of you guys have ever rubbed the fur backwards on a cat? Be honest now. Confess your sin. All right, now, hold up your hands. Own up to it if you did. We want to see how wicked this congregation is. All right, now, you that are raising your hand, you are sick people. Now, when you rub the fur backwards on a cat, what does it do? It goes like this. It goes... And it doesn't like it. Now, you know what Billy Sunday said? If every time I preach, it's like I rub the fur backwards on a cat. Listen, he said, tell the cat to turn around. <laughs> now, when you hear preaching, does it rub you the wrong way? When you go to a Bible class, does it rub you the wrong way? A chapel, rub you the wrong way. Hey, adults. When your kids ask you to come to church, do you just kind of put up with it, but it just rubs you weird? Now, follow me. I'm not scolding anybody. I'm like a doctor, and a doctor's not scolding anybody when he tells him you've got cancer. A doctor's not scolding anybody when he says, if you don't fix this, you are going to be dead. I am telling you, if you do not get born again, you are going to be dead. And eternal death, the Bible says, is the lake of fire. I don't want that for you. Now, when you get invited to church, does it rub you the wrong way? Somebody talks to you from the Bible, rub you the wrong way. And anybody confronts you about God, rubs you the wrong way. It's just weird. Now, hear me. If everything about sin rubs you the right way, what sins are you in and you're comfortable in? If everything about sin rubs you the right way and everything about God rubs you the wrong way, you know what it tells you? You've never turned around and you've never been born again. Now, this is so important because your eternity is at stake. Some of you will hear it. 
And some of you will come and you'll be born again. It'll be a wonderful thing. But some of you will hear it and you'll leave and you'll not do anything. That would be a tragic thing. Now, there'll be a change in the way you think. There'll be a change in the things you like. But there'll also be a change in the decisions that you make. I right, turn in your Bibles to 1 John 3, and then we're going to flip over to 1 Corinthians 6. But 1 John 3, and we're going to be beginning re reading at verse 6. 1 John 3 and verse 6. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Now, you know what that verse is saying is if you're truly with God, you're born again, you are not going to commit sin. I'll say that again. If you're truly born again, you're not going to commit sin. Now, most of us understand that people that are Christians do still sin. But here's what he's talking about. It actually is in the original language, the Greek. It is saying habitual lifestyle. Nobody who is truly born again is going to live in a habitual lifestyle of sin. So examine yourself to see if you're really born again. I'm not tricking you. I'm telling you what the Bible says because I want you to be born again and you can be. Now it warns if you're born again, you will not habitually commit sin. Now notice it's talking about being born again in the following verses, verse 7 and 8. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as the God the Father is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested or made known, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now get it. Whosoever is born of God, born again, doth not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him, and get it, he cannot sin because his seed remaineth in him. Now what it is saying is this. If you are truly born again, you're not going to be doing drugs habitually. You're not going to be drinking beer habitually. You're not going to be in immorality habitually. You're not going to be hooked on filth habitually. And in fact, it goes on and it says, you cannot. It's impossible. Now, I ask you a question. Can a cat bark? It's impossible. Now, maybe there's a freak once in a while, but usually no, okay? Now, can a dog fly? It's impossible. Now, can a Christian continue in sin comfortably? No, it's impossible. And if you are habitually living a life of sin, you need to check up. And I don't even care if you graduated from Ocala Christian Academy. A faith that doesn't change your life will not save your soul. Now, let's look specifically, turning your Bibles over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and while we're doing that, I'm just reminding you, what is being born again? You become a new person. And so when I say a faith that doesn't change your life, doesn't save your soul, that makes sense because that's what being born again is. You become a new person and you do new things. I right, now notice specifically 
1 Corinthians chapter 6, and all of this is said with total love. Listen, don't get mad. I'm not making pot shots at anybody. In fact, I don't know anybody in this room who is doing any of these things. But notice what it says in 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Um, it says, um, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. They will not get to heaven. And then it says, be not deceived. Don't be deceived and end up in hell. And it gives these warnings. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, that's the homosexual, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, homosexual, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now it says very clearly, don't be deceived, fornicators are not going to get to heaven. Now, 50% of young people before they get out of high school have sex out of marriage. Now, I didn't write the Bible, I'm preaching the Bible. Do you want me to tell you the truth or do you want to have somebody just pat you on the back and you go to hell? Now, here's what the truth is. If you are in sexual sin outside of the boundaries of marriage and you keep doing the sexual sin outside of the boundaries of marriage, the Bible tells you you're not going to heaven. You're not. Now, if you go into sexual sin one time, that doesn't mean you're not saved. Anybody can go into sin. If you feel horrible and you try to stop and you do it again, that doesn't mean you're not saved. Anyone can struggle with sin. But if you can be in sexual sin and you do it and you do it and you think it's perfectly normal and you're okay with it, you are not born again. Impossible. Because you would get a new nature and though you might sin, you wouldn't be comfortable there. Then it goes on and it says adulterers. Now adulterers would be people that are married that are unfaithful to their spouse. If you are here tonight and you are not faithful to your spouse, and you're committing adultery, I don't know anything about it, so don't think I'm picking on you. I'm trying to help you. If you're in adultery, and you're constantly doing this thing, you are not born again. Because if you were born again, you wouldn't be doing that. You would be a new person. That's what being born again is. And unless you get genuinely born again, you'll never get to heaven. It's that important. It goes on, and it says, drunkards will not inherit the kingdom of God. Hey, any of you young men like to go out and get a buzz? Any of you like to go out and just drink yourself up over the weekend? You want to go home after work and just chill a little bit with a six-pack or with even more? You need to be born again. Because drunkards will not inherit the kingdom of God and we want you in heaven, and we don't want you to be deceived. Now, the devil is a liar, and the devil is a deceiver, and he will tell you it's okay to drink, it's okay to fornicate, it's okay to commit adultery. God says it's not. And God's Word says that'll put you in hell. And God says if you're born again, you will not do these things. A faith that doesn't change you hasn't saved you, and I ask you, I beg you, examine yourself to see if you're really born again and if you've got the new nature, because I want you in heaven. Now, 
First of all, the explanation of being born again, you get a new nature. Secondly, the evidences of being born again, you have a change in your soul. You become a new person. You think like a Christian. Your mind. Spiritual things are important to you, not foolish. Number two, your emotions. You'll like spiritual things. You won't be comfortable in sin. You might drink a can of beer, then you feel horrible in that. What am I doing in this? And you get out of it. And then... You will have a change of your will, and you'll make choices that are in line with somebody who is a Christian, because that's what people do, because that's who they are. So if you lack evidences of your salvation, or if you're not sure you have salvation, I want to tell you then, in closing, the most important thing, and it won't be long, experiencing new birth. Now, how can you truly be born again? Now, how many caught, I said it three times, that unless you're born again, you can't get to heaven. How many caught that? Okay. It's so clear. We've all heard the terminology, but it's so clear. You cannot get to heaven, and we want you in heaven, and you've got to be born again. You have got to be born again. If you are not born again, listen to what Jesus said, ye must be born again. And there's nobody that wants you in heaven more than Jesus. He died to save us from our sins. So he does want you to know, so he says you must be born again, and if you've never been born again, you need to, and I'm going to tell you when you need to. Tonight. Now, I'm going to give an invitation in the end, I'll just tell you right now. And my invitation, I'm going to ask you if you've never been born again, would you like to be? And I won't embarrass you, but I'm going to ask you and give you a chance to be born again after I tell you how. And I'm hoping that if you don't know you're born again, whether you're in the school or whether you're a parent or whether you're a guest that's here to support somebody, that you will act upon it. I did when I was a boy. I have other friends who did when they were an adult. And no matter who you are, what age you are, if you will act upon the offer of God to save you from your sin and you can be born again, you will go to heaven and you will be making the best decision of your life. Now, here's what you've got to do to be born again. Now, someone might say, I'm going to get myself born again. How are you going to do that? Well, I'm going to pray this prayer, and that'll get myself born again. Excuse me. You are never going to get yourself born again. Yeah, I will. I'll pray this prayer. I heard it. You say this prayer, and you go to heaven. You get born again. No, you won't. Not everyone who saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. You can say with your lips, Lord Jesus, I make you my Lord, and split hell wide open. You've got to meet the conditions before you pray. And if you'll meet the condition before you pray, then you can be born again when you pray. But you can pray without the conditions being right. You're not going to be born. Illustration. Let's say that a baby is inside the mother's womb. My daughter's in-law's going to have a baby in a couple of weeks. Let's say the baby's in the mother's womb, and the mother's woman says, it's dark in here. I'm getting out of here. I am so tired of being around here swimming in this gunk. So I'm going to get myself born. So the baby decides it's going to push against mom's hips. Is the baby going to get born? Not if the body doesn't think it's ready. Now, let's say the baby's in the birth process, and it starts to go, and it goes, uh-uh, I ain't going out there, uh-uh, and it props its feet up against mom's hips. If the body senses it's ready, 
the baby's going to come. Now, you know when the body kicks in the birth process? When the baby meets the conditions. And then it kicks in the birth process. Now, do you know when the Holy Spirit, God, will kick in the birth process and give you eternal life in heaven and give you eternal life by being born again? When the Holy Spirit of God senses you meet the conditions, He'll kick in the birth process. Now, what are the conditions for your salvation and for mine? There are two. Faith and repentance. Mark 1.15, Jesus said, Repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe. Faith and repentance. The Apostle Paul, the greatest missionary, the greatest Christian, said this, testifying both the Jew and also the Greek, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord and Savior. So the two things you have to do, repent and then believe. Now let me illustrate and explain and then we'll be done and give you an opportunity to do it. Except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And so think. You pray to prayer, but your life's not been changed. What's the problem? You haven't been born again. Why were you not born again? Because you didn't maybe meet these conditions. Now the first condition is, so you can go to heaven. This is not to beat anybody. If you don't get saved, I'm still going to like you. I'll be sad. If you get saved, I'll really be glad. But it's your decision. Some people are too afraid to ever walk an island to get saved. That's so sad because they're not afraid to do other things. But this is your eternal soul at stake. You've got to come. You've got to be born again. It's your soul. It's eternity. It's heaven. It's hell. You've got to do this. And you can. Now, the first thing that has to happen is there needs to be repentance. Now, you know what repentance is? It's a change of mind. It's not a change of direction. It's not necessarily a change of behavior. But it's a change of mind. And here's what your change needs to be primarily about. Jesus. It says repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord and Savior. In other words, before, you didn't think you needed Jesus. And now... You know, I need Jesus. Now, how can you tell if you repent, you will have a change of direction. Your life will be changed. But you've got to decide, I want Jesus. Now, to choose Jesus means I believe that he died on the cross, as the Bible says, for my sin. And that means I believe I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. And it is believing that I need Jesus. I really do. You know what sends more people to hell than anything else? Pride. I'm not that bad. Second thing, probably fear. I'm afraid what somebody's going to think about me if I get born again. Forget that and go to heaven. But repentance, change your mind. Now, Turning in our minds and hearts to Jesus would mean I have to turn from something else. Now, the Bible says sometimes it's in our minds we change our mind about false religion. Before, I thought it was my good works. But now I realize, no, it's not by works of righteousness, as the Bible says. Not of works, lest any man should boast, as the Bible said. So I thought I was going to go to heaven because I'm a good dad, I'm a good mom, I've raised good kids. And I changed my mind. That will not get me to heaven. 
I've got to come to Jesus and ask him to save me, as the Bible says. That's repentance. Some is they change their mind about whatever's keeping them from Jesus. I don't want to get drunk anymore. I don't want to fornicate anymore. I would rather go to heaven than have a night of fornication and a short moment of enjoyment in my sin means nothing compared to burning forever for them. And I'm changing my mind. I don't want to burn forever for them, so instead I'm going to leave them and I'm going to come to Jesus. Now the first thing you got to do is you got to change your mind about sin or false religion or your good deeds and you got to in your mind say I'm going to put my trust in Jesus. You can do that. Now do you believe the Bible? It says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's the second thing. You've got to believe on him. Now, believing on him means you're putting all your trust in what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago will save your soul today. Seems impossible, but you look at the Bible and that's what it says. You put all your trust in him and it'll save your soul today. Now, here is a chair, is an illustration. Some have used this and I'll just go ahead and use it. And we'll say that this chair is um, good works. And this chair, I'll uh, use as an illustration, is Jesus Christ. Now, you know where a lot of people are sitting and they're saying, oh, I'm a Christian. They're saying, I believe that Jesus died on the cross to save me from my sins. Oh, yeah, thank God for Jesus. Me and God are tight. But what they're doing is they're sitting in the chair of sin, maybe. And that's where they're at. And if man is in fornication and drunkenness, he is not on his way to heaven. Now watch. Some people are saying, oh yeah, I thank God for my Jesus as they're praying to the Virgin Mary. Now I don't hate the Virgin. She was God's choice because she's a good woman. But even the Virgin Mary, if you read her testimony and her song, she said, I thank God, my Savior. And she was saying, I need a Savior. And so the Bible says there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. And you've got to quit trusting Mary and get over here and trust Jesus. You've got to quit hanging in the drunken crowd and say, I'm done and get up out of adultery, get up out of this stuff, and that won't save you. I'm still not there. I'm not doing this anymore, but here's what saves me. When I come over here and I sit in this chair, and I deposit all of my hope in Jesus. Now, Jesus died for us all, and the worst thing about anybody here going to hell is you never had to. Because Jesus made a way. It says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him puts trust in him and him alone, not in anything but Jesus. Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have, get it, everlasting life. Now, have you been born again? In a nutshell, you must be born again. How do you become born again? You've got to choose, I need Jesus. 
choose, I want Jesus. I cannot get to heaven without him. And then the Bible says you come to Jesus in faith, and here's how it's done, in faith and with your mouth. The Bible says, believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. But it says, with the mouth confession is made to salvation, and it says then, hear it, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So what you've got to do is come. Put your faith in Jesus, and then ask him to save your soul. If you do it, you'll be born again. Let's bow our heads.